Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Good reminders there from the treehouse this morning. We are having communion, so uh, if you're not prepared, get prepared. That's a good reminder and that we should maybe be paying attention a little bit more to the end of the Treehouse videos. Thank you. Thank you to uh, Pastor Rob, Mr. Rob, Susan, and, uh, and to not the real doctor, Susanstein, because he, he reminded me of something that occurred this week that little instruction about all the things that uh, go on in our mind, our brain, to help us remember. I was uh, having a moment with one of my granddaughters, and it was wonderful, and it was bringing smiles to faces. So I grabbed my phone, and I hit the video recorder, you know, start recording a video, And it was just such a moment, beautiful. And I was taken in by it, just holding my phone. And I was laughing, and Julie was laughing. And after a minute or two, she said, did you get that? And I go, yeah, I started the video. And I look, I had six seconds. Ah, I wanted to save that to remember. Six seconds, and then... There was this big notice on my phone, out of memory. Ah, ah, it's full. I have too many videos and uh, pictures and all of that. And the great thing is, on these devices and many of our devices, you know what we can do? We can just add memory and just put it in, plug in a new module. Wouldn't that be great for the brain? Seeing Dr. Schusenstein talk about the neurons. Man, I could use a couple of billion more neurons and get a, what, a couple thousand more gigabytes or petabytes or, I don't know, remember how they said it, Back to the Future? Giga, giga, how did he say gigawatts? Yeah, they're not gigabytes, they're gigabytes. I need some more of those. We can't just plug them in. Wouldn't it be a beautiful thing? Uh, So what do I do? What do I do if... uh, I really need to make sure I need to remember something. Since I can't add some more neurons, well, I can use this. I can put a, I can put a reminder in here and have it you know, ping me and notify me and make a noise. And I've done that. Uh, I, could, I could write a note. And I, I know I've mentioned this before. One of my methods is I'll just write it right in my hand. Do this, remember this. And at least it'll stay there till I wash it off. I've, I've got to get it done. Uh, in times past, people used to tie a string around their finger. Or at least that's what they would say. If you need to remember something, tie a string around your finger. And, but the, the joke became, well, why did I tie this string around my finger? At least when I write it on my hand, I can tell myself something. And, you know, God has employed ways for us to remember. We heard it in the treehouse video. 
Some examples, build a monument to remember things. Joshua did that. After crossing the Jordan River into the the land that God had promised, he piled up 12 stones, one for each tribe of Israel. And he said that these are a memorial to the people of Israel forever. And they were supposed to remember that God had stopped the flow of the Jordan River. When they saw that monument, remember, God stopped the flow of the river. We were able to walk over on dry ground. Remember that miracle. Another way to remember is plain old memorization. We need to do a little better at the end of the video. Plain old memorization. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, it talks a little bit about this. And we read this passage every time we dedicate children. We read a passage from Deuteronomy chapter 6 because it talks about teaching God's word and getting God's word into your children. Teach the commandments to your children. Talk about them when you get up and when you go to sleep. And the passage goes on to say, impress these things on your children. Tie them as symbols uh, around your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and write them on your gates. So there's some ways to remember. God said, tie them on your hands. And I'm not sure if tying a string around your finger, if that really goes back to some of these biblical examples. But God even used string in order to spark memories and get people to remember some things. In Numbers chapter 15, we have an example of that. We have an example, and I'll read you this passage, number 15, uh, verses 37 to 39. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, Throughout the generations to come, you are to make tassels on the corners of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. You will have these tassels to look at, and so you will remember all the commands of the Lord, that you may obey them and not prostitute yourselves by chasing after the lusts of your own hearts and eyes. So even on their clothes, this is everyday people. They were supposed to make some little tassels, little fringes on the corners that would have blue threads in them to remind them, to remind them about all of God's word and God's commands. Remember these things. Look at that and let it spark a memory. And there were other ways. The the clothes that the priests wore were also filled with memorials about God's covenants, the the ephod with stones on it, and they had things on their shoulders that were engraved with the names of uh, the tribes of Israel. They had all these things to help people remember. Another way to remember, God put signs out like the rainbow. Yesterday, I was driving, and I almost crashed my car. Beautiful, beautiful, stunning rainbow. I saw a full arc, full arc, both ends, and it was beautiful. And God said he put the rainbow in the sky as a reminder of his covenant with the earth, that life on the earth would always continue. He wouldn't uh, destroy it with water, with a flood. God also used just plain old writing. In Exodus chapter 17, the Lord had something for Joshua to remember. And the Lord said to Moses, hey, write this down for Joshua. Write it this on a scroll 
as something to be remembered and make sure Joshua hears it. So just write it down. God ordained special days too. In uh, the book of Deuteronomy, we, we learn and we see where when Moses is restating the law, he said to his people, remember you were slaves in Egypt. Therefore, God gave you a day. He gave them the Sabbath day. He said, rest on this day. They didn't get any rest while there were slaves in Egypt. That was a 24-7, 365 endeavor. They were working all the time. God said, hey, I'm giving you a day, one day every single week. Every seventh day, relax. And remember, remember God's salvation. And God gave the Passover. It's also a memorial, and there's a memorial meal with the Passover to commemorate God's salvation. There's this feast called the Feast of Tabernacles. It's a week-long feast, seven days. The people were to live in these little tents to remember, hey, you wandered the wilderness. And as you wandered, God was your provider. Never forget that. You read the book of Esther. There's the two-day Feast of Purim where the Jews were victorious over their enemies. And so this two-day feast is to commemorate that, that victory And the book of Esther says it's to be celebrated through every generation, every family, and every province, every city, throughout all the generations. So there's all these things God did, monuments and days and weeks and meals and signs in the clouds and uh, clothing that we wear, writing on scrolls, uh, all all these things. God was continuing to... To say to the people, remember, remember, remember. Will you remember me? Remember my grace. Remember my mercy. Remember my loving kindness. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. And why? Why would there be all of these ways God instituted to trigger memories? Well, perhaps it's because these neurons up here, they start to fade. Or we just don't have enough of them. And we're not using them as we should. And we're prone to forget. God would not have done all this if the people were, weren't forgetting all the time. We're prone to forget. That's the, human, that's the human situation. And dozens of times throughout Scripture, leading to the time of Jesus, dozens of times we read it over and over. The people forgot. The people forgot. They forgot God. They forgot his salvation. They forgot his loving kindness. They forgot his patience and his long suffering. They forgot that God had rescued them and saved them. They didn't remember his power and his might. They didn't remember all of these things about God. Time and again, it's mentioned. The psalmists mention it. The books of history say you forgot God. It's a constant refrain. The, the prophets, the, all, all the major prophets and prophets like Hosea, you forgot God, you're forgetting him. It's not a surprise then that God would want us to remember. And it's not a surprise that Jesus instituted something for us to remember and to remember him and all he's done. And we know it well. We know it well. We know what that memorial is. We're here this morning for it. We, we call it communion, the Lord's Supper. And let's look at that this morning. It's part of our life application, our life app to remember. So 
Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, verses 14 to 20. Talk about this memorial meal that Jesus established. Of course, it was the Passover. It ties into that. It's a fulfillment of that. Luke 22, verses 14 to 20. They read this way. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And Jesus said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. He gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. So here it is, the last hours of Jesus' life. He knows he's going to the cross. He knows there's not much time left. And he puts out something to be remembered. Don't forget me. Remember, remember. And here's this meal, and I'm going to use it so that you will remember. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, for his closest friends, for those who were sitting there right with him at that table, those who had walked with him and they had talked with him through his ministry and they saw him do healings and they saw him uh, bring sight to the blind and he opened up the ears of the deaf and he made the lame to walk, even raised the dead. They had all kinds of things to remember, didn't they? So this is direct application to them. But how, how does that apply to us? Can we apply these words, do this in remembrance of me? What can we remember about Jesus? We can't rightly remember someone if we haven't really met them. So, so those who've never come to believe on Jesus, those uh, who have rejected him, of course they can't remember him. They've never met him. They don't know him. But for those of us who do know him, there's something to remember. I, I would never be able to recall how sweet honey is had I never really tasted it. I walked in this morning, saw one of our good deacons at the, at the chapel entrance, said, good morning, how are you? And he said, sweet. I hadn't heard that in a long time. And I said, yes. Of course, you know why he's, he's sweet today? Because he knows Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And it's a sweet thing. It's a sweet thing. Psalm number 81 contrasts the difference between those who don't know the Lord. It says they hate the Lord. And they will receive eternal punishment. They're contrasted with those who will be satisfied with honey from the rock. And the rock, we know, is our Lord Jesus Christ. And he brings to us sweet salvation. 
And when we come to know that sweet salvation, and we have that experience, that moment of meeting Jesus, he's the forgiver of sins, he's the, the savior of souls, he gave his life. Man, remember that. Remember that. Remember that encounter, that sweetness of salvation. That is indeed something to remember. Do you remember when the name of Jesus meant nothing to you? It was just a blank. But then the eyes of your heart were opened. And, and this longing, there was a hunger. And that longing and that hunger, was, it was satisfied with something so sweet. That gracious moment of encounter with, with the Savior who would give you eternal life. There was that time of discovery and this, this great instant and, and a turn in your life. And Jesus described that as being born again. How sweet, how sweet that was. Now, maybe for you it wasn't an instant. Maybe it was not an instant. But something a little bit more over time. And Maybe you were blessed that you were brought up in a Christian household and in a home that always saw Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and he was recognized as that. Still, in you, there is nothing uh, less. There is no less an amazing experience in you knowing Jesus. You've met someone to remember. You have met someone to remember, but... We have to move beyond the place of an initial meeting, an initial discovery. That, that first encounter is wonderful, but we need to move beyond it to get to know him and then remember him. And how do we do that? Well, we do that by his word. This is how we get to know him, by his word. There's more than just this this initial wonderful moment or time where we've come to meet Jesus. Just like anyone else, if we meet someone and they're intriguing, we want to get to know them. So there's there's more to it. Jesus has called us into a relationship, one where we are to come to know him. And we know him more and more by and through his word. We come to know his love, his love for all, how he took on humanity, he became fully human. And we learn that he was humble. He was born in a stable and he walked among the poor and the rejected. And he displayed compassion for all of those. He fed thousands and thousands. We've talked about that for uh, the past couple of weeks. He healed the sick. He brought sight to the blind, raised some. He moved about among the people that were called sinners, the downtrodden, the rejected. And he, he walked about them with this in mind. He wanted to call them to repentance and show them that there's redemption. And then he suffered. We learn that through his word, how he suffered. Man, Brother Barry opened the this morning talking about that and how there's healing for our souls because of what Christ Jesus did by offering his, his life for us. He was humiliated and he was tortured and he gave his life on the cross to, to win us this permanent pardon from sin. 
And for all who put their trust in him, he says they can be called children of God. That's an amazing thing. So beyond the initial meeting and, and the, the eyes of the heart opening and being enlightened that Jesus Christ makes this great way to eternal life. There's so much more to learn of him and then to call in to mind to remember of him. And what happens? That sweetness, it just gets sweeter. It gets sweeter and sweeter as we get to know him. And the light of Christ gets brighter and brighter. It gets burning brighter in us as we get to know him. And when we hear these words, do this in remembrance of me, They ought not to just be words that go into one ear and out the other. They ought to move us and stir us within to to have this awestruck wonder that we sung about this morning. Awestruck wonder uh, about all that Jesus has accomplished for us and done for us since the very first encounter we had with him to this very moment. It ought to be stirring and working in us when we hear, do this in remembrance of me. What do we hear a little bit this morning? Are you crazy enthused about Jesus? Do you have some crazy love, some crazy enthusiasm? When you hear do this in remembrance of me, it should work up that crazy enthusiasm because it should call to mind how much he has done for us. And it's an amazing thing. It should just bring us to our knees and we should be in this awestruck wonder for all that he's done. We need to remind ourselves over and over the goodness that Jesus has bestowed in our lives. And when we hear those words, it should just strike our heart about how much he has done. We we get to know him through his word to remember. But it's not just days like today. It's not just a day like today where we gather together to hear these words, do this in remembrance of me. We need to remember Jesus way beyond once a month or once a week when we hear these words, do this in remembrance of me. It's an every day, every moment experience. Paul, the apostle, wrote in the letter to the Colossians, whatever you do, whether it's in word or whether it's in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So remember Jesus every day, every moment, And you can apply these words, do this in remembrance of me, by not just doing this, what we're doing this morning, breaking the bread and sharing the cup, but by doing everything, every single thing, in remembrance of him. Especially, especially in those times of temptation, especially in those times where you're getting pulled, remember Jesus, remember Jesus. When the enemy's coming in and he wants to turn you and take you, the greatest apostle in the New Testament was buffeted by a messenger of Satan. Listen, there's an enemy out there. And when the enemy comes in to buffet, remember Jesus. When you might be, when, when you might be tempted by the affections of another, remember Jesus. When there's someone who's, who's trying to seduce you with their passions, remember Those of you who have a spouse, remember this, you're married. And those of you who don't have a spouse, remember this, you're single. Don't get involved in an unholy union. Remember, remember, remember Jesus and remember who you are. Remember Jesus by not falling into the arms of someone else just because it feels so good for the moment. 
Remember Jesus. Remember your integrity. Now, how easy is it is in this day and age to, to just rip someone off, take someone else's work and portray it as your, your very own? Oh, copy and paste is so easy. Yeah, copy and paste it, plug it in, turn in the report, whether it's to your boss or your professor or your teacher. You know, really, really, there are only so many ways to say the same thing, right? I mean, if I got to sit around and put it in my own words, it's going to come out sounding the same anyway. I'm hitting the paste button. Or I need something. I need that program. I'm only going to use it once. Really, I'm only going to use it once. Why in the world should I pay the subscription fee? I can just grab it, download it, use it, delete it. No big deal, right? Yeah, those subscription fees, they're all inflated. Anyway, they got us with those. Something's right there in front of us for the taking. It doesn't belong to us. We don't own it. But what's the big deal? Who's going to get hurt? I'm going to put it to good use anyway. Remember your integrity. Remember Jesus. He taught us to be people of our word. He taught us to be above reproach. Remember that Jesus said, your heavenly father highly values you. He's going to take care of you. We don't need to take something that doesn't belong to us. He's our provider. Well, it's easy. It's so easy to take things that don't belong to us, to cheat, to cheat on our taxes, to cheat on whatever in the classroom, in the work. But we have a provider. We have a provider. Didn't we sing this morning? I believe you are provider. I believe, if you believe it, let's live like it. Let's remember it. Let's remember it when we get out of here. Let's not just remember it in here. Let's remember it when we walk out of here. That I believe you are provider. I don't need to take something that's not mine. I don't need to, to do those things. And these are just a few examples. These are just a few examples of daily things in life that confront us and tempt us. And bring us to a point where we might forget Jesus. We forget him in that moment, don't we? When we, when we turn and we do these things. And uh, I'm certain we've all had times where we weren't remembering our Savior. Yeah, our interactions with other people. Gossip and anger and greed and jealousy. We make idols of things. We make idols of people. The list goes on and on. We're humans and we're prone to forget. These neurons aren't perfect. And it, it seems there are too many times where it's easy to forget Jesus in all these daily moments of life. And I've done it. I've done it and I've forgotten Jesus too many times. Too many times in those moments where I've failed to live in remembrance of me or of him. And, and what happens then? What can I do? What can we do? What can any of us do? Got to remember Jesus. We just have to remember Jesus. Remember him. And if we need to, use reminders. I wish I could put more, more gigabytes there, more neurons. I can't. Maybe I need some visual reminders. 
We need visual reminders sometimes. I know in our home we have some hanging on walls, a scripture that reminds us God sees everything or, or that God's our provider. It could be a simple reminder, just like a blue thread. Go, go read the, some of the, uh, the Old Testament. Read how God put out those reminders. Maybe it's just a blue thread. We have seasons too, don't we? We have seasons like Advent and Lent that are supposed to remind us. And we have special days like Easter and Christmas. And we have every single Sunday. They should be reminders. But we say it so often. Christian life just isn't Sunday. Well, it's Monday through Saturday too. And those are the days. Those are the days where forgetting occurs. We have days like today where we gather for communion to sit around the Lord's table. But beyond these visual reminders and beyond the special days, let's remember Jesus always. Things like his word, let's commit it to memory so that what we heard in the Treehouse video, I've hidden your word in my heart so that I will not sin against you. So that that would be a reminder in those moments those moments where we're being drawn. His word is a constant reminder. If you take anything today, remember this about Jesus. It's given in John's first letter. John wrote his, in his first letter, chapter one, some of the opening lines. Verse number seven, he said, the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. The blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. And then he went on, verse number eight. First John chapter one, verse eight says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I'm gonna read that with verse seven. The blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. To claim to be without sin is what? It's forgetting Jesus. Like, hey, forget that. I don't need that. To forget what he's done on the cross. The blood of Jesus has purified us from all sins. That's a major forget. To forget that he gained us an eternal reward. And what have we done when we do that? Well, we've succeeded in deceiving ourselves. That's what the word of God tells us. We've deceived ourselves. It's self-deception. It's not the truth. Remember that Jesus purified us from all sins. He gave his life. He suffered. He died. He shed his blood. And apply what John has written to the saints in verse number eight and then also verse number nine. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Wow, his blood purifies us from all sins. What do we need to do? Not forget it, not forget it, but to honor it and then to confess. And we will be purified and forgiven. Jesus, God, I pray over everyone in this house, everyone who's connected from wherever they're at, God, that your blessing would rest upon them and your blessing of remembrance, God, when we need you. God, rush in. God, I pray that, that, that 
Jesus and the sweetness of our salvation and the loving kindness that he showed by giving his life would just flood in on us, Lord, and rescue us from what it is that might be pulling us, the temptation of the evil one, God, that we'd be able to see that way out and go to our Savior, Jesus, and never, ever forget him. Know that he's always here with us. Thank you, God. Bless everyone with that, Lord. And raise your hands for for the blessing that God gave to his people. May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. May he make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. May he lift up his countenance upon thee and give you peace. And may the peace of God that passes our understanding keep and guard every single heart in here. Every heart and every soul and every mind through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.